All right, I think we're live, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Hope this is all working. I think the stream and then the broadcast is sort of, or the broadcast of the camera is slightly behind real time today, but we're going to work this out and make sure that it's it's all sorted. Let us know if you can hear me okay. I'm using a microphone that was already in this room that I totally just forgot to set up. So hopefully the audio is better than last time. And next time we do this, I'm going to have the computer where I can share everything with everybody. I could already do that with a switcher, but the switcher process kind of sucks. I need a computer to then stream out and it's a bit of a, a nightmare. So I'd much prefer just using this. So hopefully it works all right. Let us know uh, where you're watching from as well. Welcome everybody. Lots of folks in here already, which is awesome. We've got Octopus Ears from California. Eric, how are you, man? We've got uh, Dennis says, ah, oh, man, got to work uh, in the morning. I can't stay up to see this live. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I might do some later evening ones, but not super late anymore. I, I much prefer doing them in the daytime. It's I'm much more aware of what's going on. All right. Well, at least I hope so. <laughs> it's just a lot easier on the you know, to keep focused on everything that's going on rather than doing them at midnight in my time. But we'll mix it up at some point again, I'm sure. All right, Hutch, welcome, mate. Hope you're doing well. We've got uh, Thomas as well. Omen's here again. How are, you, how are you, man? Jamal, awesome stuff. All right, we're going to take some questions and then I'll chat a little bit about some of the stuff I've had a chance to test and some of uh, the stuff that I purchased that was a little different to what I thought it might have been as well. We'll get into that in just a bit. But um, yeah, we're going to get into this. I've been shooting some really cool videos about recording, uh, and I, I hope you like them. Not necessarily um, like too technical, just like, hey, you can use certain things to record really well. And uh, one of the videos is coming up great. So I should have that finished today, ho hopefully. <laughs> I started it late last night. I was like, all right, I got to get this done today. All right, everything should be working. looks like we're all good to go. Thank you, everybody. All right, I did see a question here before. And that was about, um, uh, what was it? The Bugera V5 versus the Fender 57 Custom Champ. I mean, two completely different amps at two separate price points. I mean, the Bugera is actually far more functional. You get a power attenuator, a reverb tank, and just an overall better user experience. But the Tweed Champ, the Custom uh, 57, it's pretty cool. And people like that for what it does. You gotta turn it up to get the tone out of it. If you're using pedals, the Champ is actually probably a better choice, but they're both good. The Bugera, considering it's $2,000 cheaper, I think holds up pretty well. It obviously depends on where you are, or $1,500, you know, but it's a good amp. The Bugera V5 allows you to turn it down to one watt or 0.5 watts. I just think value for money, it's a better amp. If you wanna practice amplify, you don't need to spend $2,000. That'd be my uh, two cents on it. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy one of those amps. The custom champs are popular for people who love, you know, the old Clapton recordings that were using those kind of small tweed amps for Layla and all that. But it doesn't mean it's like the best choice for everybody. But that's my opinion on it. I, I, I'm, I like it. I like it with pedals, but I wouldn't, there's no way I would buy one personally. I'd much prefer the Bugera V5 just in terms of price, functionality, and what its purpose is, practice and you get reverb. So yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. All right, Hutch, how are you, man? Yeah, you got the wrench. I uh, It was about time. I don't know why it took uh, 12, 13 years, but <laughs> oh, however long I've been live streaming, maybe 10 years on and off. 
All right, Todd Flowers, welcome, welcome. Ah, we've got Buzz here as well. How you doing, man? Hope you're doing well. Thanks for stopping in. I know um, some of you guys are in late time zones there, but as I mentioned just before, it's a bit bit easier to do it at this time for me. It's sort of like a good time of the day. Mornings, I'm no good. Late nights, I'm no good. But in that middle ground, it's a, it's a good time to take some questions and hang out. So uh, thanks for joining in. See me looking this way. All my chat is sorted out. Big on the screen here. I'm going to show you this room at some point too. It's it's tiny, but it you know it looks kind of I guess I don't even know if it looks fancy, but it may look fancy, but it, it absolutely isn't. Um, we've got Great Dane from Gold Coast. How are you, man? Sorry, I almost thought I saw that wrong for a minute. I was like, is that Gold Coast? It is. Last day of winter here. Awesome stuff. Um. All right. Chopper says, howdy. I'm watching from a plane taxiing to gate and just landed in Melbourne. Awesome stuff, mate. That's super cool. Welcome to the live stream. Welcome back. Um, thanks for all the demos and opinions. I love the Marshall Amps. That's from Alex. Hey, no worries at all, man. I got more videos coming up about like what I would recommend at different in different areas because you know, after all of these years, I want to start collating like things i see the most in questions in videos i should have been doing this you know over the last sort of 12 months but i just didn't i needed a break from those kind of videos but um yeah i've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up so uh yeah stay tuned and thank you i appreciate it all of the ex all the stuff i you know give to you guys and answers and all that kind of stuff is just from personal experience it doesn't mean i'm right when it's opinionated stuff but I just have a really, I guess, big now at least anyway, a big base of stuff that I've tested and used and owned and all that kind of stuff. So it comes from experience. I don't just dismiss something based on like, if I don't like it, there's reasons why. <laughs> or there's usually something that I like more or less, whatever the case may be. So thank you. Hey, we've got a new member. Is that the, the pork chop? It is. Welcome, welcome. I just saw the little thing pop up here. Uh, welcome to the general support. Thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, being on board with the membership program. Thank you. It all helps support the channel. That's super cool. Thank you, man. You've been around for a, a long time. and I love that big trouble in little China <laughs> username there. That uh, That's super cool. So thank you. One of my favorite 80s movies of all time. One of my favorite movies ever as well. I love big trouble in little China. It's uh, It's the gift that keeps giving, man. It's so good. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And you get access to a couple of the extra avatars and uh, um, emoticons and all that kind of stuff in the chat there too. Anyone who's a member does. So thank you. Um, hey, Shane, you often spoke of Clapton in the 80s. Is there an album you recommend? So there is. There's a dual blues album that was all 80s based stuff. And it's great. It's just called Eric Clapton Blues. It's a double CD. Obviously, CDs are like... <laughs> a little bit redundant these days, but you can still find it if you want to buy physical media or just get onto Spotify or whatever the whatever you use for that kind of stuff. Um, that double blues album's awesome, and a lot of it's live. I think that one CD is live and one CD is like studio recordings, and that's great. But actually, my favorite stuff is his '90s. The From the Cradle era is the best vocal and guitar playing. He, you know, the best band, arguably in my opinion. I mean, the Hyde Park stuff was really good too. Um, in that maybe the, I think that was late nineties as well. So, or maybe early two thousands, but it was, it's 
that that whole era for me is like the best of his playing for at least where where I was at that time. Like when I first started playing guitar, it was because I heard from the cradle. Uh, I mean, I, I dabbled with a couple. I knew a couple of chords, but when I first heard blues like that, I was like, okay, that's what I want to play. And then I found that blues album later on from the '80s, which is really good. So, yeah, Eric Clapton blues still one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks again for signing up, mate. I appreciate that. Hey, Jeremy, thank you, mate. He says, "Hey, Shane, can't stop. Have to go back to work. Love the channel, mate. Have a cuppa on me uh, from Jeremy. Thank you, mate. Thank you for the super chat. Thanks for the support." I'll get to everybody's questions. I don't just take super chat questions and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> hang in there. But uh, I, th it sort of scrolls the chat up for me. So that's how I see them. Thank you. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if I can help you with any questions or whatever, just let us know. All right. We've got Amanda Coombs here. Welcome, welcome. Scott, how are you, man? All right. John's here as well. Those stripes on your shoulders and arms make you look like you're superimposed in front of a green real background. Hey. Maybe I am. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is this is real. This is my crappy curtains at, at my house here, these red ones. Every room's got a different colored curtain. This is the rental property that I'll be hopefully moving out of at some point pretty soon, maybe in the, by, by ne mid next year. And these are mine because they made them look way better. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I can get that. I can actually sit on my reference monitor. It looks a little bit, um, looks a little bit fake. All right. Um, Omen says, good to see you. What's your EQ pedal go-to options if you have one? I don't. I don't use them. It's not really something that I, I've ever really needed too much. There was only one amp that I felt like really needed it, and that was the Bugera V5. It just needed a little bit more treble. And in those situations, an EQ pedal is good. I think I was using like a Donner one or something like that. It, it just worked for that particular time period. But the best one I've used was the Boss one. They're bulletproof. I can highly recommend those. I don't think you really need to go spending crazy amounts of money on a, on some sort of like EQ pedal. Cause, and also, if you do buy one, just try to work out what it is about your amp sound that you don't like. Because sometimes removing frequencies can make your sound clearer rather than just boosting things. As soon as you get an EQ pedal, your first instinct is to push everything up. Try pulling things out and see what happens to the sound because this is a few frequencies, especially with electric guitar, that really make it stick out in the mix or you might need to clear up the muddiness on the low end. So bringing things down will actually improve your sound. You don't always have to be pushing things up. Um, I would say go for a Boss one if you can't afford that. Just get something like a Donna. Uh, you know, it, it works. Or Kalen even makes some really great stuff. They had a big, like, um, larger sort of... Uh, it's like a... It's like a two side oh, i don't know how to explain it it's like the larger enclosures so it's almost like two regular size pedals but in a single one and it had like an eight band eq or maybe a 10 those were pretty good too if you're on a budget um either either of those are great hey we've got steve here welcome mate he says hello to the great oz from uh pencil tucky how are you man i remember that from last time uh, we've got two Sim Simar from, he says, good morning. Welcome, welcome. Marshall amps have much better cleans than they're given credit for. And that's from Hutch. Absolutely, mate. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people think Marshall Drive Channel and their cleans are unreal. And one of the reasons why their cleans are so good is those EL34s. They have more of an oomph to them than the standard 
you know, EL84s you might find in like a, a Vox or a PV or some PV amps anyway. But yeah, totally agree. And if you haven't heard a, a great clean Marshall amp, listen to the Chili Peppers. Not you, Hutch, but anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I love the clean. It's a great pedal platform too. So you don't just have to rely on the drive channel if you choose not to. Um, Dan says, in the blues, I'm glad you're representing the lefty playing uh, guitar community. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I always, I mean, it's a weird thing to kind of, to be involved in, I guess, when you look at all the other channels, everyone's basically, um, there's a few lefties on, on YouTube, but not a lot. I'm just trying to like play all the lefties I can. That's one of my goals it, within, you know, ones that interest me at least anyway. And uh, yeah, that's that's totally cool. And the good thing is too, what I think like a lot of people forget, anything I review as a lefty, you can already get as a right-hander. <laughs> so it works out well for everybody. Um, sorry, I'm just uh, a little bit behind the chat here. Let me scroll down. Hey, Buzz, thank you, man. Pepsi Fund, how's the baritone coming along? You know, I haven't actually used it. That's one of my goals for this week is to start getting the backlog of stuff done. I'm actually already working again which is uh, not again but uh, like getting through all the stuff that was queued up even before that guitar and i'm almost there so uh hang in there uh but yeah thank you thank you again for the super chat mate i appreciate it and um i'm looking forward to really giving that guitar a shot i've the thing is i didn't really i wasn't really practicing much and i i don't like shooting guitar videos when i don't feel like i've got my chops on so the last week i've been playing a lot and it's it's really helped you know it really does help just even 15 minutes a day can make a huge difference over the course of a week you know we had a jam here last weekend and it was awesome like rick brian richo and myself and we just played and it was it was great fun but before that two days before that i started practicing so i didn't get my ass handed to me too much and uh yeah, it helps. Just just getting your hands on the fretboard makes a massive difference. And I, I don't like shooting guitar videos if I don't feel like I can pick it up and just play. And I'm starting to get back there. I played for like an hour last night and it was great. It was just proper like, all right, I want to try and get this done. It was one of those kind of sessions and it, it ended up getting there. So it was good. Uh, but um, yeah, that video won't be too far away. I'm trying to finish off all the US stuff first before you start seeing all the new stuff just to um, make sure it's all done because there was plenty of video shot in a very short amount of time. Uh, any advice on the Blues Junior speaker options? Plenty. You know, I've written articles on this actually. So you can go to, just type into Google best speaker for a Blues Junior and my website will be the first result. Uh, it, you'll, you'll see it come up. Um, there's plenty of good speakers for that amp. It really depends on what you need so give me some info on like what you're wanting in terms of improved sound or do you want it to be less bright or do you want it to sound fatter let us know because there's a few different ways to go there's not like one speaker i always recommend over everything well there is sometimes but blues juniors can be a bit funny because a cannabis rex is a good choice it comes stock in some of the fsr models but not all of them now, the Texas Heat's one of my favorites, but the Eminent Swamp thing's great. I also like Jensen CK12 speakers. They're a really great choice as well. So, yeah, just just have a look at that post and see what makes the most sense for what you're looking for. Um, 
John says, hey, Shana, played your old relic, Harley Benton, on Monday night. Bought a used Squire from the guy who owns it. He pulled out half his guitars for me to have a go. Oh, very cool, man. It was a fun uh, gear geek out session. That's great. I, I was like, I didn't sell that to you, did I? No, I, I, I didn't. That's You know, I don't remember who I sold that to off the top of my head. There was a guy who bought a few guitars off me. Uh, I don't know if that's... Yeah, I, I can't, that was a while ago now. I don't really remember. But that was a cool guitar, man. That relicking was a tough job, but fun. I think he sent... Or, or did you send me photos of it afterwards? I remember you said, oh, someone on Facebook has posted photos of finishing it up. I was like, oh, that's super cool. But oh, that's great, man. I'm glad you got to play some different stuff. Super cool. Uh, good morning from the US. Shane, North Carolina appreciates your skills, expertise in the area of musicality and the equipment we utilize to make it possible. Hey, thanks, man. That's from HL Cotton. Thank you for all your support, mate. I appreciate it. Kind words there. Um, Derek says he's been practicing classic rock routines and suggestions or advice for anyone interested in getting into some blues licks. You got to find someone you really love listening to. It makes the whole process way easier. I know guys that play blues and who have no real favorite blues guitar player. <laughs> and the rate of growth is pretty slow. You've got to really kind of almost start to copy licks to get a feel for the kind of sound you actually want to have as a player. And over time, you kind of mix in your own stuff and it doesn't ever really sound exactly like who it is you're trying to emulate. And that's not healthy either, but... Try to find someone that you really love listening to because when you put it on in the car or if you're you know, catching a train to work or whatever the case is, just sort of listen to it really intently. And if you're getting a kick out of the music, it's a lot more fun. I would say find that player. And if it's a, a blues kind of shredder like a Gary Moore who can play all kinds of stuff, just soak that in. If it's someone like Albert King and that's the stuff that really gets you pulling faces listen to it to death until you can kind of hear all the licks in the songs it's one of those things like you hear sultans of swing i always use that as a great example you know you know all the parts in your head or at least i do i can hum along to that every guitar lick just you know where it's going if you can get to that point by listening to someone you really enjoy with blues it makes that whole process way easier so um and then it's just about like finding the easiest way to learn. If you can pick stuff by ear, awesome. But if you can't, find some classic Albert King licks or whoever and, and learn that way. Um, that's, that's what I would say. All right. Uh, Quinton says, have you ever tried in-ear monitors? I much prefer an amp moving air. I have tried them. I can't use them, man. It was too much of a headache. I bought a set of Shaw in-ear in -ear monitors. Ooh, that's hard to say. When... I first realized I was having slight tinnitus or tinnitus in my ears. And I was like, oh, I should probably start wearing them. And it was way worse. I ended up just turning them up. So unless you've got a, let's just put it like this, unless you've got a proper mix and everyone's mic'd up and you can get a feed and you can get the sound that you want, in-ear monitors are a pain. Unless you're just a straight up vocalist, then it's easy because you don't really necessarily need all the other instruments in as much as your own vocal. Um, yeah, I'm the same, man. I, I'd much rather wear, if I had to, wear earplugs than in-ear monitors. Unless you can have one in on the loud side of the band or whatever the case is. So, yeah, I've never loved in-ear in -ear monitors. The second time I bought one, this was the same pack. I bought it, I sold it. I was like, man, I probably should have persisted. I 
I thought to myself, I have another way I can use these with my band. So not only was I getting a vocal feed, but I'd put a room microphone up and spill that feed into my earphones, uh, you know, into the um, in-ear monitors. And in the end, all it did was give me like shocks on the microphone. Something about the earthing was terrible in some places. I was like, I'm done. It was just, uh, yeah, it wasn't for me in the end, unfortunately. But, you know, if you've got a pro setup with a band where everybody's mic'd up properly, that's when they're really handy. Drummers will probably get more use out of those than uh, like just most musicians in a band. I say drummers and vocalists. But yeah, I, I just didn't like it at all. Because if you can't hear your guitar properly and you're a guitarist and you're singing like I was, it's pretty tough. <laughs> you can't just mic up everything. It, it takes too much time. Hey, we've got Frank. He's joined the membership thing. Welcome, man. I pr appreciate your support. Thank you so much, mate. Um, yeah, I, 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 thanks for jumping on board, man. I post up a little behind the scenes stuff, little info uh, about what's coming up and all that kind of thing. So thank you. Um, if you have any questions, mate, let us know. Buzz says, welcome, Frank. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Thanks, man. All right. Awesome stuff. Let me just scroll back up here. All right. Jeff Edwards. Welcome, mate. He says, I haven't seen one of your live streams for a while. Love your new background. Hey, thanks, mate. Yeah, this is my uh, other studio room I use for my sort of tech reviews, but it's such a great room for doing this. Like I got a monitor, I can see the comments behind the camera. I got everything set up audio-wise. It's a one-touch streaming setup. So it's been a long time in the making this room and I finally got it to a point where I'm kind of like, as simple as it is, it's like a desk with a funky mat and some $20 curtains back here. It, um, way more comfortable to sit in for two hours in the other room just for a number of reasons and you don't hear the barking dogs as much um thank you and welcome back yeah I, up until about three weeks ago i hadn't done many live streams for quite some time i just kind of wasn't doing it but um i think part of that was because i didn't enjoy the other room sitting there in that studio like after i'd been in there for so long i was like i gotta get out of there so this this makes more sense um, yeah, I was just going to say too, folks, for the next time we're doing um, one of these, I should be able to share the computer screen stuff with everybody too. I'm going to try, if it's not the next time, it won't be too far away. I'm going to try and get it all working so it's set up and I don't have to ever touch it again. That's that's the idea. Um, have I ever swapped magnets in a humbucker like putting in El Nico 2s in a, a Seymour Duncan 59? I, I wouldn't do that I, just because I, I don't feel the need to do that. Either the pickups are good or you just replace them. I think you're going to spend too much time sort of messing with pickups on, on that sort of level. Um, just chuck some burst buckers in there and you'll be in business. Hey, we've got Surf B. Welcome, man. Hope you're doing well. I was just about to go to bed. Yeah, it's late in, in your part of the world, mate. I, I, it's midnight there, right? Just after midnight. Um, let's just scroll down. I'll see if I missed anything here. Uh, Christian says uh, the new line, the new line of artist guitars look good. I imagine they'll send you some to try. If they do lefties, they will. Yeah, I'll just have them on loan because they're super cool, but um, they're not in yet. 
<laughs> they do have some more lefties coming. I got an email about it a few months ago, so they can't be too far away. Hang in there. I love the artist guitar stuff. That you know, basically like the Australian version of Harley Benton. They're good quality. They're affordable. Free shipping. It's always good. <laughs> At least I think so. On most things, it's free shipping anyway. Uh, reference to your Blues Junior question, SRV to Pink Floyd is what I'm into. I'll definitely check out um, one of your websites. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you can go to guitarspeakerguide.com. Just check that out. That's the easiest way to do it. That's basically it. It'll answer your question, so you can check that out. But look, um, if you just want that great sort of blues kind of tone, which you're kind of saying you are, I'd probably lean more towards the Jensen or the... You know, yeah. Or you can just get a big, round, clean sound. That's probably better for the Pink Floyd stuff, right? Uh, ah, here we go. John says, in regards to the Telecaster thing, he bought the telly from you, he further relic the hardware, and may have done a bit more on the finish. Uh, I did send you some pics a while back. Ah, okay, that's why, that's why I remember that now. Very cool. Um, you have experience with the Marshall Origin 50 head. Yeah, so... Out of all the Origin amps, the 50 is the one to go for, at least in my opinion. I, I wasn't a big fan of any of the others. The head's good. The 50 combo's pretty good. Um, I just was underwhelmed with the tone of them overall. It wasn't my kind of sound. Now, if you can get them up to the point where you can just have them dimed, like Brett Kingman gets a great sound out of his, but for the kind of sound I like, for me, it, it's... The DSL is a no-brainer. I, I think it's a far more versatile amp. It actually feels like a better built amplifier. I know that's kind of like nitpicking a bit, but the, everything about the DSL feels way more robust. The The Origin 5 was the one of the worst amps I've ever played in my life. Just terrible. <laughs> the one up from that sounds okay if you can crank it, but it's got a 10-inch speaker, so it kind of was like useless from what I wanted it for. Um yeah, look, it, it all comes down to what you like. Uh, the Origin 50 head's good because you can actually pair that with a way better speaker cabinet than what comes with those amps inherently. I know Robert Baker's got one of those and, you know, obviously he can play his ass off. So, yeah, it sounds great. Uh, Gary Moore is my guy. Oh, man, he's he's a monster player, huh? Hey! We've got uh, Gil here. Welcome, man. And we've got Ben. I thought I, I saw his name show up there. Welcome, mate. I hope you're doing well. Ben was the, the dude doing all the right-handed demos a while back. So thanks again, mate. I appreciate it. We'll probably do some more of those at some point coming up. Hang in there. I know it's been ages, but i got to get all the rest of the stuff finished. Uh, but yeah, we'll get him in here too. Maybe one day too, we'll do a, a live setup. In here or not, you need the right mix for you if... Uh, any monitors are not working for you blame who did the mix for you yeah and, and a lot of gigs most people are using who like I, I don't know i could be wrong but not everybody's playing massive stages with like a sound guy a lot of people are just playing at a local pub or a bar whatever the case may be and i think at least i was and i thought i could just set up a room mic and it just didn't work i kind of ended up having them really quite loud which defeats the purpose of having inner ear monitors you get that I think like, I don't know what it was. I, I can't remember, maybe say 23 dB sound reduction. But then if you're blasting the sound back into your ears, what's the point? That's kind of how I felt about it. And in the end, if I ever really need like 
ear protection. I'm wearing proper musician ear. Well, the ones you can buy from shops, they're like Heroes or the Fender ones. They're like little, they've got this acoustic uh, pipe thing with a, a couple of these. It almost looks like a Christmas tree style thing. You just pop them in the silicon bits and they just sort of pop in there. And they, they actually sound pretty good. Um, especially if I'm right near the drums, <laughs> even though I'm loud. The, the cymbals are, I think, what caused me some ear problems back in the day. But yeah, anyway, that's that's... Hey, uh, Ben says uh, new setup looks fresh, matey. Thanks, thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is my uh, this is my other channel's <laughs> studio. I love this little room; it's great. Um, compared, you know, I obviously the in the blues one's awesome, and I got some new um, lights sort of set up in there too. So you'll see some changes coming up. But um, this is just a better thing to do. This exact thing, I can plug this microphone into the camera, stream it out. We're good to go. Um. Hogan's Hideout says, uh, Hi Shane, if you could play only one guitar again, Strat Tally, Les Paul, what would you choose? So if I could only play one, I'd probably pick a Tally. But I've been playing my Strat so much lately, I've been really enjoying the challenge of it. <laughs> Everything about playing a Strat for me is more challenging and fun. And if, I, if I'm playing okay on a Strat, I can generally get around the others. But... Um, I would say a Telecaster just based on the fact that that's been my long-term guitar now for so long. But lately, I, I would, I, I'm really enjoying playing my Strat. <laughs> I guess there's nothing wrong with that, right? You go through phases with stuff, and then I might put the Strat down for six months and play my Tokai LP style guitar, or whatever. Um, but it would most likely be my Telecaster. You know, I haven't been playing my one with the Danny Gatton pickups in there much lately. I, I, I'm not sure why. <laughs> Every time I do, I'm like, man, this guitar's great. But I've been playing that American original 50s tally and it's been it's been great. You know, I almost was thinking of selling that guitar and then the next day I was like, well, what am I doing? I played it. I was like, this guitar is so good. I thought I didn't need two, but I, I've come to the realization I don't want to sell either. Hey, Rock Daddy, welcome, man. This is first time here in the chat. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining in. If anyone has any questions, you can at in the blues me. That'll be the easiest way for me to see it because sometimes it doesn't always show me stuff in the in the chat here. Um, yeah, I think David Gilmore probably used those Fane speakers in his high-watt cabs. I think a lot of his recordings were directly from the mixer in the studio, right? I think that's how he got a lot of those clean tones. But you're probably right in terms of his, um, the live stuff. I'm not really big into what those guys used on albums and stuff. So I'm not really, I'm not really much of a, I like the, the guitar tones. I just don't know anything about the setup. <laughs> I've never really looked into it. Yeah, I've seen you been gigging, man. That's great, Ben. That's super cool. I haven't really been doing any like actual live playing the last few weeks. Um, other than the little jam we did here on the weekend, but, um, yeah, maybe we should get him in for one of them. That'd be fun. Anyway, we'll, we'll work it out and yeah, good stuff with the, with the gigs, man. I saw you rocking out on a few of those Instagram photos. It was super cool and videos. I mean, am I excited about any new gear? Hmm. In terms of like electric guitars, there hasn't been a whole lot of new stuff for lefties that has really got me sort of intrigued like there's just nothing on the horizon that i've seen um 
when it comes to new gear, the stuff that usually impresses me the most or stuff I'm really keen to try is anything that makes recording easier, whether that's an IR box or something like a, a you know, like the Two Notes Capdoor X, anything in that sort of territory for me is kind of what piques my interest. I'm never that interested in like just buying another amp because I want it anymore. It's like, does it really serve a new purpose over what I've already got? And the answer is no, then I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not that interested. So I don't, I don't torture myself looking at a lot of new stuff <laughs> for that very reason. But when the option comes in for like, hey, what's the, uh, do you want to review this? And I check it out. I'm like, oh, absolutely. So it's usually something unique and different when it comes to how to, how to record or how you can get a signal to a PA or mixer or whatever. So that, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Sorry, I did have a, a question from Gary here. It says, hey, Shane, what's your favorite missing link audio pedal? The Eliminator. Easy. That thing kicks ass. It's really good. It's uh, by far, well, I would say arguably the easiest pedal to get a good tone with in any setting. It doesn't matter where you've got the tone control and it doesn't matter where you get the gain control it, it just works and that's pretty rare in the pedal industry like a lot of pedal manufacturers you know the usable range on their tone control is like between 10 and two o'clock anywhere past there it's useless anywhere before there it's useless but that's one pedal that i really like um yeah so i i would say that there's they've got a lot of good stuff in terms of their um the the dirt pedals uh yeah, but yeah, the Eliminator would have to be my favorite. I know they got a lot of back... I actually got an email about that a while back. They got a lot of orders or back orders about it, but um, after that video blew up, because I think they were expecting like 10 to sell, and I think they sold it like a lot more. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, I got to ask, have you played that crazy new neural DSP Rebea plugin uh, who doesn't like... Uh, who doesn't like doing the Stranger Things intro? You know, I, I don't even, I haven't even seen that. So no, um, I don't use a lot of DSP stuff when it comes to guitar. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I just haven't, um, haven't used it. Hey Jeff, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. He says, just wondering if you find, uh, sorry, what you find challenging about the Strat compared to a Tele. I don't own a Tele, so I'm intrigued. So basically, to get the same amount of dig. Like when you dig hard on a Telecaster, you get a lot back. It gives you more volume and it also gives you more dirt. If you got your amp at the edge of breakup or your overdrive pedal on, a Telecaster just is a lot easier, at least to my ear anyway, to get it to sound saturated. Like you can dig in and it, it really gives you a lot more back, whereas a Strat is a little bit more clean. It's not necessarily the the playability of it as much as it is the overall experience of playing the Telecaster. There's just something about the pickup combination that make getting the sound easier for me than a Strat. Strat makes me work harder and I have to dig in more. I have to bend a little bit harder or, or attack the note a little bit more to get the same kind of thing back. And it was a shock realizing that. I've always felt like Strats are the hardest guitar to play if you haven't been playing a while, just inherently, or a Telecaster too, to some extent, but there's something harder about getting the same amount of return on your note <laughs> with a Strat over a Telecaster. It's just the way that it is. It's a different 
it's a different sounding guitar. I'm sure there's some pickups out there that give you just as much or more back, but none of the ones I've ever owned. You've really got to work hard to get the same amount of sound back. And I said this with Dr. Rick a while back. I feel like I almost need to put more gain on my overdrive sound to get comparable amounts back, which is there's nothing wrong with doing that, right? But that's just one of those things. All right, Ben, take care, man. He's off to work. Have a good one. I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. Rock on. <laughs> so that's kind of how I feel about it. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think about the difference inherently between strats and tallies and if there's any difference in in what it gives you when you're really digging in. Because I've noticed that. At least that's how I feel about it. I, I feel like a Les Paul or a Flying V or whatever the case may be is some of the easiest to get that return. You don't have to dig in as hard. It gives you lots back. Play a strat, you got to work harder. Although it's a better rhythm instrument, I much prefer playing strats and tallies for rhythm. The strat lead tone has to be dialed in to get it to really respond great. It's, yeah, it's cleaner. That's my experience with it anyway. Uh, all right. Oh, and uh, thank you again, Jeff. I appreciate the super chat, mate. So uh, yeah, hope that hope that helps. Let us know what you think. I finally done enough guitar buying and selling. Never say never, but all good things come to an end. Happy with the collection, though. That's a good place to be, mate. I'm like that with amps. I, I when it comes to actually like buying something, I see all these amps pop up, and I'm like, man, I'd love to have that. I'm like, I've got the two most practical amplifiers for playing live I could ask for. The only thing I don't didn't have until recently, which is something that I'm going to review very shortly, is a lower watt amplifier that sounds great loud that doesn't blow my ears out. With that exception, like in terms of other amps that are available, I don't see any advantage now to buying any more amps, even guitars. I'm so happy with what I've got. I still feel like I've got too much stuff. I know that's not a YouTube-y thing to say because you should have them plastered all over the wall and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I, I don't do that. That's not, not really my sort of vibe. But yeah, I, I don't really need multiples of anything. You buy and if you're buying the same guitar five times, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's I, I feel I get it. I get it. You got to enjoy the process of playing. It's like any industry. I always relate this back to the camera industry because it's very similar. You can get another camera. It's not going to improve your end result unless you got good lighting and you making the most out of those trade offs. So keep practicing. It's it's the way to go. All right, I'm going to break open some caffeine here. Everyone, feel free to judge me. All right, Frank says, I can't figure out how to get my Presonus audio interface to work with my PC to record. Ready to set fire to the damn thing. That's uh, from Frank. Thanks, mate. Um, so the first thing you need to do is find out whether or not that sound card actually has any drivers because anytime you have a Windows machine, you need to have the appropriate hardware drivers for that unit. So type in the model number into Google type in driver download and see if you uh, can get that to work. Now, if you're on Windows 11, the sad reality of it is that some drivers for Windows 10 might not work on 11. It should, but it doesn't mean it will, right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't really use Windows much anymore for that kind of stuff, but I, I do know from 15 years of recording on Windows that drivers are the things that most people overlook. They don't just You don't just plug it in and have it work. Secondly, you'll need to go into your settings on your DAW, the digital audio workstation, whatever it is you're recording in. 
and set the audio preferences to find that particular sound card, the personas. You need to make sure that the input and output are both set to the personas. Lastly, if you're using Cubase, then you've got to actually assign each of the inputs within that section. And you don't always have to do it, but sometimes you do have to manually add it. But my suggestion is this, uninstall your digital audio workstation, find the drivers, install them or reinstall them again. Make sure that your, um, you reinstall your whatever program you're recording in. Just let us know what it is, by the way, because I might be able to help you further, but that's the process. You've got to get the drivers first, install, or you, you don't have to do it this way. It's just, just to make sure, right? Reinstall your DAW, find the audio preferences within it, make sure your input and output are set to that sound card. That should fix it. But if you're using Cubase, it can get a little bit more tricky than that. Once you add a track to whatever it is you're recording in, you need to select which input track you want to record in. So if you're using the left microphone input or the input one, that's the one you have to select. Otherwise, you get no audio. Hope that helps. Personas <laughs> uh, make good stuff, so don't be disheartened. I, I'm sure it's just a configuration thing. Um, have I tried out any of the Blue Guitar 1 amps? Amp 1 amplifiers. Sorry, I said that wrong, Chris. I have. I got a review on the channel. It's, it's this like little pedal board thing that was uh, an amplifier in a box with, I think, those nano tubes from memory. They're pretty cool. Um, different sort of experience to actually having an amp. It's just like a, a different... Because you still got your speaker box there, right? So you've got this floorboard thing. Um, I think tonally they're pretty good. They're just a little bit on the different side. I, I don't think they'll catch on in terms of you know, like mass appeal, but that's kind of cool too. But yeah, they're, they're all right. It means you've got a nice light and loud uh, amplifier that you can plug into any cabinet. I think they've also got d direct outputs. From memory, you get like a Fender-y clean tone, like a Marshall drive tone. And it, the one I tested may have had a boost. It's been so long, I don't really remember. But um, if you type in In The Blues and uh, Blue Guitar, you'll see it come up. It'll be the only one of those videos on my channel that was a while ago though so i i just don't really remember much about like the actual interface of it but it was it was pretty cool are there any australian made valve amplifiers that you like you know i've seen a few but i haven't had a good chance to test a lot at the moment i haven't really see the problem i see a lot of the time there's a few exceptions to this but um, like the Evans amps, at least he's doing something unique. A lot of the time, what I've seen is just like repackaged Fender and Marshall amps. You're not really making anything unique and interesting when you're doing that, right? So, uh, unless they're like mind-blowingly good, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a bit over just like clones of clones of other stuff. I, it just doesn't really do it for me. So, right now, I don't know enough about good australian amplifiers because i don't see anything other than just the straight up clones with the exception of the george evans amps they're pretty cool if you're they're kind of like a vox and marshall hybrid amp but they're friggin heavy they're way too heavy but they sound pretty cool i remember um dr rick played one at a at one of the guitar shows he just plugged in and had a go and it was it was pretty nice but yeah price wise and then like it's not really my kind of sound and the weight was uh, a, a total deal breaker for me. So I don't know. The short answer is 
as of right now, there's there's nothing that I've seen pop up anywhere that I'm like, oh man, I'd love to try that. Uh, there was a brand on Instagram that I have seen pop up from time to time, and they they look like really simple combos, and I like the look of that. And they don't look like clones either, but I can't think of the name. I should have written it down. I think I followed them, but um, yeah, they make these like really cool little um, combo amps. But yeah, sorry, I, I I don't really have much else to offer in that um, department, unfortunately. Briff says, oh, the chat just moved. Hello, Shane. I want to... Oh, sorry. I was out to buy my first Telecaster without wanting to spend over $1,700. Uh, what would I suggest? All right. So, um, Riff, sorry, man. Let us know your currency. I'm terrible at remembering where everyone's from. But basically, if if it's $1,700 US, I'm pretty sure you should be able to get like an American Pro 2, right? Um, if you can, just, just get that. Those things are unreal. Um if you want to spend a little less and you can get into some other brands, you can check out like GNL. Oh, actually, I don't know how much they are new, actually. The GNL um, Blues Boys are awesome. Those are my favorite GNL tally. They're really, really good. Um, but if you just want a straight up Fender one, then the, the American Pro 2s are hard to beat. Like, I, I kind of like mine evenly or slightly more because of the neck size, but there's other trade offs with. Mine over, mine's the American original 50s Telecaster over the um, the Pro 2. So there's some like pros and cons of both of them. But I, I would say that's a pretty safe bet, man. I, I reckon they're the best they've ever been in terms of um, current production models. They feel good. The neck plays great. It's kind of like that middle ground. If you like nothing too thin and nothing too fat, the neck profile's great. It feels like it's played in. Um, good frets, good pickups, and a much better overall instrument than the prior version, which I don't say that often because usually these inter incremental upgrades aren't any better than the prior version, but the American Pro 2s are, are pretty cool. They're pretty cool. I've recommended them to plenty of people. Um, while I don't own one, I've played enough to know they're great, and I've seen them all over the place, and they're you know, great colors, something different, playability, good tone. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jeff, thanks, man. Yeah, let us know if it doesn't work because on the next live stream or whatever, I'll, I'll try and help you out. But um, yeah, setting up a, di a digital audio workstation can be a bit of a pain. I actually did a full guide to recording a little, uh, couple, maybe a year or so ago. And that's on my uh, In The Blues channel. Um, just type in Home Studio In The Blues and it will come up. And right towards the end, there's timestamps there. You can find the section where I show you how to arm a track and how to get it all working, that section will probably be exactly what you need. And you can kind of use that as a guide to find the, the settings in whatever you're recording in. I, I hope that helps. Um, Telly is more crusty than a Strat. You might be right. All right, I'm going to have a quick drink of this. Um. Alan says, Josh from JHS sends me to ask, is the boutique era over? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I think all the innovation comes from the boutique companies first and then anyone who's a serious player or they want something long-term, that's what they buy. Um, especially people gigging. If you're playing at home, it doesn't matter as much what you what you get because you're not 
you know, throwing it around in the car and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't really feel like the boutique stuff will ever die. Does it, you know, live players, studio musos, serious players will always want that sort of stuff. And, you know, everyone's financial situation is different. So while there's not a big trade-off in terms of tone, there's other trade-offs that make or that separate why something's more expensive than than something else. You know, build quality is obviously part parts, components, new old stock parts. These are all all things that will or won't matter to anybody, but I don't think any of that stuff's going anywhere uh, long term. I'd be interested to see. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask why Josh uh, sends you to ask. That's that's funny. That's he's cool. I actually was going to get um, something sorted out to review from him coming up, and uh, I was overseas at the time. I got back, and then I, I just I didn't follow it up. So if you are in contact with him, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll I will get back to him about that. Um, yeah, I think it's like anything, right? You can buy an entry-level camera. You can buy a, a car, <laughs> whatever, you know, or you can go out and spend more and get something else. It, that that will always be a part of the entire conversation when it comes to guitar products. Not everyone wants to buy a budget guitar. Nothing wrong with them. They sound great. They perform well. But, you know, people aspire to own a Fender or a whatever, a PRS, whatever it is. Ha! Excuse me. Um, Buzz says, 22 guitars and 8 amps. I'm done. Mate, that doesn't sound like someone who's done. <laughs> that sounds like someone who's got a wicked collection. You know what might be fun? I'd love to see some of this stuff. If you want me to share... Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing to do or not, a live stream, but maybe we'll do a, a live stream sometime where we can showcase the community's... Uh, gear hoarding or or massive collections that would be so that would be super cool to send an email to in the blues at outlook.com list out what you got in terms of guitars or whatever if you choose to or i can just showcase some of the stuff i think that'd be fun have i played any of the new uafx amp sims no i haven't i haven't really played any sort of um straight up digital plug-in stuff for a long time i just don't use it i, I don't really need it uh, it's handy if you're doing like, if you don't already have a solution, let's just put it that way. I think that's the easiest way. You can either go down the route of getting like a pedal that gives you all of the IRs and all that kind of stuff, or you can go down the route of getting a two notes capital X. And that's what I use. So I, I don't really have much of a need for, for that kind of stuff. For what I do, all I need is my amp tone, and then I can put things into that and then get it out into the, to the recording. I don't really want... 500 options every time i've had something like that it's been more trouble than it's worth for me personally like the camper sounded unreal but it was i didn't use i used maybe one percent of what that was and i ended up just tinkering with it i'd rather just not <laughs> so um if you need it for like recording a serious project and you need lots of different amp sounds and stuff go for it i, I have anything against them I, I just don't use them for my own my own stuff Omen says, never done, but not really looking either. I find being a lefty really helps the guitar gas. Me too. Me too. The only time it kicked up recently was when I was at um, Jerry's. And it's still kind of in the back of my mind. There was a guitar I played that's coming up on a, a video pretty soon. I was like, man, it's my chance to get one. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of lucky. I mentioned this on a live stream recently where 
I couldn't imagine being a right-handed player. I reckon I'd be way more addicted to buying stuff than I am now when it comes to guitars. You know, a lot of YouTube people just buy stuff to review it then sell it, but I want stuff I'm actually going to keep if I'm investing money into it, right? Or at least for a good period of time. And yeah, there's just, I'm not, there's only a couple of guitars I'd love to get eventually. I'd love to get a Gretsch because I think they're really cool. And I wouldn't mind actually buying one of those, um, uh, what are they called? The, um, oh man, the uh, Yamaha guitars that I, I got to review, the Revstars, they're really good. But it'd be one or the other. I, I don't really need both. And I'm sort of like, oh, maybe a Gretsch might be the way to go. Just something different. It would be pr pretty much exclusively a guitar I would use here at home for doing videos. But it'd be great to have a different sound. Um, but that said, I'm also in a situation where I've not played a lot of my guitars for a while. And I finally got my little Krog Corvino guitar out last night for the intro track and I, I did it again and again until I got it right or as good as I could play last night and it was unreal and that made me feel like oh I've just uh, I got a new guitar I haven't <laughs> haven't really used it as much as I would like as I mentioned on the last stream so yeah oh there we go I do yeah I was going to mention that too excellent point if your sound card doesn't have an uh ASIO or ASIO, we call it, or audio signal in out driver. Download the ASIO for all universal driver. Yeah, you can do that too. That that absolutely works. I'm pretty sure, unless it's a really old school Presonus, you shouldn't have any problems there. Their drivers are generally pretty up to date. It can take a couple of months sometimes after like a new operating system comes out for the drivers to be recognized and easily installed, and for the company sometimes to catch up. Uh, but yeah, good good point. If you don't use a pick, you're just playing a sideways <laughs> harp with frets. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, observation. All right, let me just scroll down here. Sorry, I'll I'll just scroll down. We'll we'll start. Where am I? Oh man. Sorry. Hey, Janice is here. Welcome. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for your uh, Instagram message. Um, it was the what, what guitar was that? Um, we we're talking about on the last live stream. But anyway, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You can get an Edwards Tally for like seven hundred bucks. That would be my vote. Well, they're good too. Yeah, absolutely. Any of those um, made in Japan guitars are always a good option, and they're way more affordable too. Used market, although it has gone up, you can still find bargains if you if you look. I think because there's so much stuff that people are going to be flipping and already are trying to get rid of, it's just going to drive the price down. Like I went to sell something recently and I saw that there were three others on on the uh, listing platform. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> that phase is over. <laughs> it wasn't a guitar product, but it was something else. But I was like, it's just funny. Like everybody's buying stuff and then all of a sudden when you go to sell it, there's a whole lot of a lot of gear that's uh, available. It's exactly the same. So yeah, used market's always the way to go. When I did that music go around episode in Bradenton, that's a great example of why you don't need to go buy a new guitar every time. Half that stuff had plastic on it. Didn't even look like it was used. Um, favorite full tone pedal. Wow, you know what? It's been a while since I've 
thought about their um let's have a look oh yeah they've got some good stuff i've tried a whole lot of their stuff over the years um the plimsoll used to be my favorite but then i went right off it it, it sounded all of a sudden to me it sounded fizzy and I think it was the second gain stage that was on there. But that that pedal completely transforms your amp. If you're looking for a modern sound, that's a beast. It actually is really good. The OCD is good, but it, that can also suffer from a little bit too much top end. It's one of those frequencies you kind of can't get rid of. Um, yeah, I'd need to sort of go through what's currently available. But it'd be one of the, I would say my favorite of all time would be the Plimsoll. They do sound great without the second gain stage, which can bring in that fuzzy sort of sound. Not, every, I mean, people like that too, but yeah. My, my sound has changed a lot since I was using a Plimsoll. Uh, just it's much different now than it was back then. At least it sounds like that to my ear anyway. But yeah, they make good quality stuff. In terms of quality, the, the OCD is good. Um, the full drive was always a good one. That was that was great back in the day. I haven't played one of those probably twelve years, but that that's a cool pedal. One of my good friends had one of those. He used to use it live all the time, and it sounded unreal. It's a dual pedal, um, but yeah, that would be probably a bit more of an organic sounding overdrive. It doesn't like completely change your sound, like the 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 um, Plimsoll does. Ha! John says, just missed the last half hour. Apparently, I'm supposed to be at work. Mate, that's crazy talk. Tell him you're on a live stream. <laughs> that's all right. We're just talking gear and, and pedals and amps and all kinds of stuff. Gary says, hey, Shane, if you ever make it to Texas, be sure to check out the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney. I've been lucky enough to meet Brent Mason, Andy Timmons, Robert Keeley, and others there. Oh, that's super cool, man. Yeah, we were just supposed to get to Texas on this trip that we did um, this year. It just didn't work. It was too far. and the um with the fuel prices and not enough time it was not going to happen but i've got a list of places in texas i want to visit at some point i think what i'm going to do on the next lot of guitar search saturdays i'm going to go somewhere completely different but then i'm going to do texas for sure I, I would love to do that so um plenty of great music stores there and surprisingly even georgia in the u.s has great guitar shops there's some really cool vintage guitar shops in atlanta and a few other places we found um, but yeah, unfortunately, might not be for a little while, but it'll it'll happen again at some point. I should probably check the JS, JHS opinion on the full tone situation. He probably has the most important voice. Well, he's also a builder, so I mean, you can take that for what it's worth too. I mean, yeah, it's like anyone who makes effects has a, an interesting insight into it but whether or not you know he's using them live or he's just using them in a studio there's all these other factors that gives everybody some perspective on stuff so saying like one person has the 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 know-how he might not have the technical know-how and i'm sure he does and he does but it doesn't mean like you know he's a maybe he's not a gigging muso maybe he's not tried certain pedals in certain situations you know where other players have so yeah, I mean, do do whatever you like. <laughs> uh, hey, Shane, my favorite songs were recorded with fuzz pedals. However, I don't like using fuzz. What the hell? That's from Chop. 
I'm the same, man. I, I actually really like fuzz occasionally, but I don't like playing with fuzz on my sound, it, especially in the mix. This is a great A lot of people talk about pedals sounding great until you go play them live. And fuzz is one of those effects that doesn't always cut through nicely. Sometimes you can hear it really well, but it doesn't always suit certain styles of music. It's great for riffs and certain parts. And if you're playing like heavier music, you can definitely use fuzz for that kind of stuff. But there's a real kind of fine line between a fuzz pedal sounding great and tasteful for a tune and just like terrible. <laughs> That's my experience with fuzz. And I haven't found one I love enough to use it at a gig. They always There's always this compromise of why aren't I just using my overdrive? You know, it sounds better in the mix. It sounds more pleasing to my ear. It handles other pedals better. There's all of these other sort of situational things. So, yeah. Um, Jeff says, uh, can you speak on the hard V-neck of the tallies versus the softer C of the Strat when comparing the two? I have a 73 Tally Deluxe and it has the V-shaped neck. Next, make a big difference. All right, so two things. One, my Strat has a soft V-neck and not the hard one. The The hard V-necks are quite, they're quite pointy compared to the soft V. So my Strat soft V-neck is really comfortable. It feels very much like a 52. My 52 reissue has a thinner neck than my American 50s original, which has the U-shaped neck. This is like a an in-between sort of size. And I, I find them very comparable, but uh, not shape-wise, but just in terms of its thickness. Um, softer C-necks, if you're talking about the modern Cs, they're far thinner. They're like way thinner than a V-neck. Um, V-necks are good if you're playing a lot of chords. I find them a little bit more comfortable. If you're playing a lot of chords on a modern C or any sort of thinner neck, I always get the pain in here after a while, which is why I don't play a lot of um, thinner neck guitars. There are some exceptions to that. If the, the necks can be slightly wider and thin and it's still kind of comfortable, but I always find if I've, I'm doing this too much on a thin neck, especially if you've got larger hands, um, you might not love um, the modern Cs. It depends like softer C. I, I'm not exactly sure if you just meant modern C because the, they're kind of what's coming out. Oh, that's kind of like been the standard for a long time, but... I know with the American pros, they're kind of slightly fatter. They still might be a, a they might be the soft C. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head what that spec was on the neck, but they're fatter than a modern C and they feel great. Um, there's not a lot of difference between that and say uh, the um, the soft V neck on my Strat. Hopefully, I got that right. Yeah, so they're similar in terms of their thickness, but the feel is slightly different. You almost wouldn't even notice the soft V on guitars whereas on the the hard v-necks like the clapton strat and that you definitely notice it it's a very different shape um i would say if you're used to playing a hard v and you, you stay away from a modern c-neck if you love the feel of it because the modern c's will be not good but you could get onto something like a american pro 2 which have that sort of slightly i think it's the neck actually gets it's slightly different thicknesses in different points. That profile feels great. So I, I would have no problems recommending that. It's hard to sort of just visually do it. I, I gotta get this hooked up so we can we can actually uh, <laughs> share some photos and pictures about it all. But yeah, that'll be coming up. 
Oh, the Tajima. That's right. Thanks, Janice. <laughs> Omen says, your Jerry's videos are forcing me to stick to a budget. Got to save up. Yeah, a lot of those guitars are very different and, and they're more expensive because, well, more expensive than your standard sort of off-the-shelf brand guitars because he has them made for his shop. So he has to order sometimes 30 guitars at a time to have a company make them for him. So he's, it's a it's a huge thing. And yeah, it's been fun for me to kind of check out some of those. I think the next guitar I've got coming up is one of the best I've ever played. It's also completely unaffordable. <laughs> it's like crazy expensive, but the sound and feel of this is beautiful. It's actually the guy who makes some of Mark Knopfler's guitars. And it's not a Sir, so uh, you can look into that. But um, just a beautiful guitar if you if uh, make. And there's only one of them. This is the only one of its type ever made. So uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what people think of that. It's crazy expensive, but it's beautiful. So stay tuned for the next one. I think it's the next video. Um, so if it be says to buy everything used, even my shoes, well, yeah, nothing wrong with doing what you got to do, man. I I buy heaps of stuff used. I don't necessarily buy like um, clothing stuff that much, but I, I'll buy like, you know, if I need a lens for a camera or I need a part for something, uh, that's that's how we do it. Um, full tone are going to be hard to find now. Oh, did I miss something? Did they, uh, is that, are they in... A full tone like, oh, I don't know if I missed something there, Buzz, but let us know if something's going on with that company. I might have actually missed something in the chat here. Sorry, guys. Um, well, Mark, guys, uh, thanks, Hutch. Thanks for joining in, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for um, for all your support again over the years, mate. I appreciate it. Guitar Sanctuary is awesome. Bought a, bought a lot of gear there. Very cool. <laughs> what time of the morning is this? 6 a.m. in the UK. It is 3 p.m. here. So I'm doing an afternoon session. I'm going to try and do a few of these at the same time, and then we'll mix it up. I might do an hour earlier or two hours later or something like that just to just to sort of make some accommodation on the time. But the days of me doing these at midnight and then time stamping till 2 in the morning is is or 3 in the morning is done for a while anyway. Um. If you do come to Texas, try to come during Dallas Guitar Festival. Lots of great players just walking around uh, the floor shopping. Think Vintage Nam. That sounds cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, Texas. I haven't been to Texas in so long. I got to go there, I think, in 2008. And it was it was pretty cool. Went to Austin. Did some playing at a couple of little bars there. Just some of the blues jams and that. It was, it was good fun. actually played with a guy at the time who was... You know, I'm not a huge fan of harmonica plays, but this guy was great because his vocal was awesome. And he was a gigging guy around there at the time. I think his name was Dave. I could be wrong, but just a great dude. Great player, good singer. A oh, great singer, actually. And uh, yeah, we got to do some jam and it was cool. It was funny because you go over there thinking, oh man, I'm not going to know the songs and it's all the same stuff. <laughs> so it was, it was perfect. That was the same year I actually went to uh, Chicago to do some jamming. Uh Sorry, let me just scroll. Oh, this chat just flew down. Hey, Lawrence, he says, hi, I'm late. <laughs> Welcome, mate. Nice to meet you late. Uh, 
I like rolling off the guitar volume knob so notes are clean and it breaks up when I pick hard. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the thing to do with fuzz. Like, you're right. That's definitely the way to run them. You don't always have to run them with your volume flat out. Um, it's funny that they voice pedals like that, you know? Like, you would think they'd make a pedal that sounded like that exact thing with your volume up, but they don't. I don't know if it's just a, a capacitance thing between the volume control or whatever the case may be, but... Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where nearly everyone who loves using fuzz says that. you got to just turn down slightly and you get a cleaner tone. Um, again, you've got yeah, you got to find the right pedal that, that ticks those boxes. I know Nordvang make a couple of those really great dynamic sort of fuzz pedals and there's there's others, plenty out there actually. Desertronics makes some. Um, yeah, you name it, there's, there's plenty. What I don't love when fuzz... I love the sound of a big muff pedal, but I don't love using... They're, they're a pedal that disappears in the mix because of how much bass there is. You could probably dial it in if you're a fuzz aficionado, but I'm not. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Let me just have a quick beverage. Ha, <laughs> Damien says, hi, Shane, you're right about the right-handed players buying too many guitars. I try one. Uh, I, I try one. My wife hears it, loves and puts it on my never-ending lay, <laughs> layaway uh, at Sky Music. Layaway at Sky Music. Sorry, man. I misread that. My eyes are gone funny from the from the, um, from the the drink here. Oh, <laughs> that was weird. It was a little bit too much fizz. Um, yeah, man, it's... I love going into that shop. I like just seeing guitars. I don't care if they're left or right-handed, but as a um, as a lefty, it's so much easier for me not to get that overwhelmed with it. But I've got that I've got that problem with other stuff in my life too. Cameras. <laughs> I'm a big camera nerd. There's always something that does something that will solve a problem that I'm looking for. That's exactly how it is for well, not always for people with um, guitars because I've I've done that too. I bought stuff just because I liked it. Didn't necessarily need it, but um, yeah, having a limited option on anything is is a is a good way to keep you practicing more. Um, ah, Lost Reb says Fender is is it? Oh, sorry, my my chat's not big enough. Is it Calling? The next on the American Pro Two Strats. A deep sea. Oh, they're calling it. Sorry, man. I, I misread what you said. I thought they were recalling it for a minute. Fender is. Oh, Fender calls the neck on the American Pro 2 Strats a deep C-shaped neck profile. That makes sense. That That's why it's way more comfortable. I knew the, the spec. I just couldn't remember the exact terminology. Like I said, it's slightly fatter than the, um the obviously the modern C's, but not as fat as some of the, the bigger necks, but it's a, the great compromise. It's really cool. I think anyone who picks those up would probably like those necks. They've really nailed it. I I complained for years. The only left-handed Strat I could find always had a modern C-neck. That was it. Until they did some custom shop runs, and then, then there were finally some around. I didn't buy any of those. I, I'm not a Fender custom shop guy when it comes to wanting to spend that sort of money on a Strat, especially because they're all kind of made the same way. Like I know the finish is different, but anyway. So that's why when I found my American Pro... My sorry, my American original '50s Strat. I was like, 
unreal. Something that's not custom shop that has a really comfortable neck. If I didn't if I didn't buy that guitar at the time, I would have bought an American Pro 2 straight. No questions about it. They're both really nice in the hand. Uh, ah, germanium or silicon? Whoa, that's a good question. If you're talking fuzz, yeah, it really depends, man. Like, I don't really have a an absolute answer for that, but when it comes to some dirt pedals, I prefer generally the silicon sound. Um, it's sometimes got a, like less asymmetrical clipping. <laughs> germanium can be great too, but yeah, it's uh, it really depends on the effect. Being not a huge fuzz guy, uh, you know, I'll take whatever sounds good to my ear. But when it, I've tested, what was the last pedal that had three clipping modes that I tested? It was, let me just go to my channel. It was the, um, the Levitico that no one watched. It was an MCG pedal. It was made in Mexico. Really great, like, dirt pedal that had those two. Oh, no, it had a silicon and LED clipping. Sorry, it was an LED clipping one. Yeah, the silicone on that really sounded good to my ear. But um, yeah, they can both work. It just depends on what you need. I think generally the germanium clipping can have a bit more of a robust kind of sound to it. That'd be the, the quickest way to say it. But there's probably exceptions to that <laughs> to that as well as like 9 million pedals. Um, guitar walkthroughs, so much fun. Great format. Hey, thank you, uh, Deja. I appreciate that. I got a couple more coming up. I'm on the fence whether or not I release the, the the big one next episode or if I save up that for a little bit longer. There's so it's gonna be a, a big editing job and I'm like kind of like it's gonna be like 15 hours. <laughs> it's gonna be brutal, but it's gonna be awesome. So I'm gonna try and get that done hopefully for next Saturday if it all works out well. But there's another one I did at Jerry's Lefty Guitars, but I'm going to save that up until all of those other videos are finished as well because I feel like putting in footage from clips makes more sense after they're already out. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's how we do it. Favorite type of overdrive and favorite type of overdrive pedal of all time. Oh, I've said this a million times. The Royal Flush Dual Overdrive is my go-to. It just works. Whether I'm playing... Uh, a tally, a strat, humbuckers, whatever. It's just a great versatile overdrive that does good things to your sound. Equally as good as that is the Buffalo FX Carrera overdrive. Made in France, whereas um, the VS Audio one's made in Greece. The Carrera, if you're a strat player, is the best. There's a couple of pedals that really shine with strats and another one's from Crazy Tube Circuits, but... There's something really special about the sound of the Buffalo FX Carrera overdrive pedal with a Strat. It's the sound. It makes everything better. It makes gives you all the stuff you need and it feels good and it sounds great. So, um, yeah, that and the Royal Flush have been two of my overdrive pedals now for, for as long as... <laughs> maybe f as long as they've been around. The Royal Flush is hard to beat. It really is. If you're looking for something that can give you like a great rhythm tone... Great lead tone, or you can combine them. That's the pedal. But yeah, strap for a strap player, the the Buffalo Effects one's the way to go. You don't see much about Buffalo Effects, but I, I haven't used the pedal. I've I've tested hundreds of pedals on the channel and more off the channel. I haven't played a pedal I like better with a strap than the Buffalo Effects one. 
Um, but yeah, let us know what your favorite effects are if you're uh, if you're using overdrives. And let me just scroll back up here. Oh, full tone is shutting down. Okay, thank you everybody for letting me know. I, I wasn't sure what was going on there. I'm a bit out of the loop with the news stuff. I, I don't really follow like news feeds or anything guitar wise, but I'm sort of surprised that I haven't seen that pop up. I'm sure it's been plastered over all the YouTube channels, but yeah, I haven't been watching that many lately. A lot of disposable crap getting posted. It's not my kind of vibe. I kind of started watching some channels and I'm like, what am I going to get out of this video? Is this going to actually be helpful? I'm like, eh, nah. So I just, it just sort of switched off. There's a few that I do watch. I like participating in like live streams and stuff. So yeah, I'll, you'll see me pop up in other live streams and I, I do watch other um, guitar channels, but not as much anymore. I, I'd love to see what everybody thinks about whether or not people have been posting, like whether it's filler. I feel like a lot of, yeah, that's the term. There's a lot of filler going up, like just stuff that you'll never see again a week later. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. Not all channels, obviously. There's some great stuff getting posted, especially when it comes to like gear review videos. I'm just talking about other stuff. Um. Oh, the Greer Lightspeed. Yeah, that's the one, Buzz. That that That's a really great pedal. A uh, guy, Dave, I know from um, one of the jams here is a good dude. He's got one of those. It's a it's a great sounding overdrive. So, oh, fuzz. He's got two. He's got one that's like a transparent overdrive. I think that's the light speed, right? It's like a transparent overdrive pedal. And he's also got one, I think, that's a fuzz. And they both work really well together. Um, Max says, Shane, did you bump into Nathaniel Murphy or Greg Cock when you were in the US? No, I, I didn't see anyone that was like... Uh, famous either on youtube or musically while i was away um i've met greg cock before he's like six foot eight or something he's a huge dude man and i'm short so i was like oh my god this guy's massive he's like some of the like like the nba players i got a chance to meet back in the uh in the 90s i they came to australia years ago and i, I got a i met got to meet a few of those guys i was like good lord these guys are big um but yeah um no I guess where where I was mostly was around the, the coast of Florida mostly. So it was sort of, I wasn't really going out of my way to, like you would think you'd bump into someone at one of the music shops, I guess, but it just didn't happen. Have I tried the Thorpey effects pedal such as the Dane? Um, no, I, I don't know that one. I've, I'll need to check that one out, mate. Let me, uh, let me just have a quick, uh, search for this because be interested to see um, the first result. Oh, Andy's got a video. All right, I'll check it out after this. I haven't actually. Um, they're pretty high end. Looks like pretty high end pedals. Four hundred and forty nine Australian dollars, or three six three fifty, depending on what it is. Um, I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can check one out. But I'll have a look at some. Andy's one of the guys I'll watch. Andy's cool, man. I. If I'm ever in the need to watch a pedal video <laughs> or Brett Kingman or something, I'll just chuck something like that on. That's that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. Ah, Buzz says transparent overdrive. Yeah, very cool. And thanks for the heads up on the Thorpey Effects stuff too because um, it's not a brand I'm, I'm like at all familiar with. It sounds familiar name-wise, but yeah. Ah, Matt Van 
Oh, Matt, I'll just call you Matt. It's a lot easier. Overdrive, the Timmy. The Timmy's a great pedal. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Black, Mr. Black pedals. Far out, man. Those those are great. I haven't thought about those in a long time. The, uh, is it Cardinal? Cardinal? Warus Audio Voyager, my custom spec DOD 250 from Acorn Amplifier. It's very cool. You know, another pedal I got out of the cupboard yesterday, actually, which is something I haven't used for a while, is the Maxon Overdrive Pro, the OD820. <laughs> Man, that's good. <laughs> if you if you want to get a real premium sounded tube screamer, it's pretty hard to beat. When it comes to like other effects that I sort of get interlaced on my board, I'm a big fan of the Shelly Pony Boy. It's basically like a clon, except it's way cheaper. It's smaller, built better, or as good. If you took no, it's actually handmade, so it is built better than like the the PCB version ones, but um, great value as well. So yeah, super cool. Octopus here says I played basketball once with one of LeBron's sons. Oh, very cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah, I got to meet James Worthy and uh, Moses Malone when they were here back in the a long time ago. I thought that was pretty cool. I also met uh, uh, Mard Rashad, who's one of was still still active actually. He was one of the commentators on. Uh, basketball one of the interview guys for for years it was super cool one of the coolest pedals from uh the mr black pedal company was they had this spiral delay kind of effect it was hard to explain it's basically like you play a note and it comes back at you each repeat more sort of wobbled than the time before so it had some sort of detuning thing going on on the just on the repeats which made it really cool it was very different i remember at the time never not but probably knowing how to use that at its best but um yeah it was just a they make some great stuff these are there's so much good stuff out there there really is <laughs> anything is way cheaper than a clone yeah i'm talking about their modern um interpretations of it the ktr so the clone ktr is basically the the same sound as the centaur but it's pcb and it's fine like it's great i owned one of those i remember paying 275 dollars for it when it first came out thinking what have i done like this is crazy and over time they're like now 500 bucks which is ridiculous for a, a pedal that it just makes no sense anyone buying one of those pedals for 500 dollars is crazy you can get much i mean you, yeah you're supporting the guy who made them but they're not the used market price doesn't justify the fact that you can buy them new cheaper. I don't know what's going on with some of that market pricing, but anyway, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of basketball. I, I grew up really into it. And uh, yeah, even though I'm short, I used to play a lot and it was my thing before I hurt my back. I was real into right into sports and the beach and all that kind of stuff. All right, how are we doing for time? I haven't even checked once since we started doing this other than, all right. I'm going to timestamp this after we finish as well because uh, it makes life a bit easier. It usually takes me about an hour, maybe a little longer <laughs> to do it. So, yeah, hang in there if you if you want to go. Uh, oh, sorry. Is the stream still going okay? I just got some weird notification saying my – oh, no, it says – okay, it's, it's back. It's back. Anyway, I got distracted there. So yeah, I'll timestamp this after the fact. And I'm also putting the audio up on my iTunes thing again. Finally, that connection from my website, it was broken to the podcasting services for 
two years. I don't know how long it was broken for, but it was broken for a long time. And I just stopped doing the whole audio thing. But the beauty of this setup, this little recorder does uh, like an internal recording. I'll then dump it onto um, the iTunes thing or whatever you listen on. And you can listen to it on the go. I usually don't put ads on the live stream for a few days. So if you want to watch it back, you can do that. Uh, oh, so there we go. Scott says he uses the Demon Effects um, full BB, exotic BB and MB RC booster Timmy compressor. Well, yeah, Demon Effects make good stuff. The guy that makes those, I think his name's Jason. Um, he's he's one of the masters of like cloning stuff. It sounds weird to say that, but he's got really great quality clones. The only thing I don't like about his stuff, he should just rebrand them. They're so good that they shouldn't be clones. Just just call them something else. It would make so much more sense, but I don't know why he he doesn't he doesn't do that. He just rebrands the pedals as like knockoffs basically. I'm like, dude, your stuff is so good. Like put your own brand on them. That just doesn't make sense. I, people would still buy them. Like I'd be more comfortable doing that. I'd rather buy a clone than a copy that's you know, a cheap Cheap imitation of something else. Like if it literally says clon on there or or exotic, whatever, it shouldn't be doing that, right? It's That's kind of crossing the line for me, at least, anyway. Chris says the, the Kalen Pure Sky Transparent Overdrive. That's a great pedal. That's based on the Timmy. It is different slightly. I think one of the pots goes the opposite way on the Timmy to what the Kalen one does, but they're really good. Kalen pedals are really underrated especially their new dual range of pedals no one talks about those but if you need a really great two-in-one those things kick ass they're really great stream is okay in here okay great thank you yeah i just get this uh i think this thing that i'm streaming to youtube with that i've started using i'm actually streaming higher than its recommended rate and it's telling me that i should put it down which is weird but as soon as i put it down the quality sucks so yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes i'm just going to see if it works and i'll no doubt fiddle with it again later but um yeah basketball had a huge push down under in the 90s and early 2000s massive two-on-two tournaments yeah absolutely yeah i actually won one of those three-on-three things in the city with two of my friends um it was great one of the guys i got to play with was chris anstey back in the day too in a couple of um organized games it was it was good i was 16 years old back then it was, it was great fun i love it man I, i'm a big fan of um basketball i always have been i and and actually i went off it in the 2000 i'm gonna say like 2005 to 2015 i let it go i just wasn't as interested i felt like the all the personalities i liked left <laughs> i know that happens right but I, I just wasn't that into it now i've started watching it again i feel like anyway they've changed enough rules back to make it a little bit less uh, walking on eggshells recently that it feels like it could go in the right direction. That's that's my uh, two cents on basketball. It feels like it's getting better again. Anyway. Hey, Sassy Cat. Welcome. Hope you're doing well. Bought a Diodario Black Ice pick today. Really, really good Jazz 3 alternative. Oh, very nice. I'm still using the the chicken picks. They're still my favorite. I can't play as anywhere near as easily without them. I know that sounds like a pitch for them, but they're freaking, they're so good. You know, you get used to a pick and you change and it's like, ugh. Yeah, I feel a lot like that with the 
the chicken picks. I've been using them so long. I had to play a uh, like some really thin, slippery pick, and I was like, man, this is just a jam because I didn't have one. I was like, oh no, <laughs> like I've noticed a difference. I think you know, as soon as you get used to playing something for hours or days or weeks or months or years, it's like that's what you need in, as part of your arsenal. I can play okay without a pick. Like just finger picking, kind of not traditional finger picking, but if I have to do stuff without a pick, I can kind of get around it to a, to a an extent. But um, yeah, I think when you're uh, if you yeah, let us know. I I can't change picks that easily. I can change guitars easily. Amps, yep, to some extent, obviously. Picks, no. <laughs> it really makes a big difference. Octopus here says. I was in a motorcycle accident, so I retired to a guitar player. <laughs> I'm laughing because you wrote LOL there at the end. Mate, it makes sense. You know, I hurt my back. I couldn't walk. And that's kind of what pushed me into playing music more. I was like, well, I can't do sport. What am I going to do? Um, I couldn't even get downstairs or off and on an escalator without like like almost falling over. So, yeah, the, um, the back was uh, not in a good way and... You know, music is good like that, unless you know you hurt your arms or hands or something. You you've got a good opportunity to 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 do it long term, and I think that's one of the the benefits of music over you know sports stuff. It's good to keep active. I'm not saying don't do that because I I still train and do all that kind of stuff. But um, have I ever met Andrew Gaze and his father? Yeah, yeah, plenty of times actually. I used to train at the old Albert Park. I used to see both of those guys all the time. I'd like to see you with Brett Kingman and Pete. Northcote uh, jam with the artist gear. And that would be cool. Brett and I have always... Well, I was texting him actually the other day. So um, we're, I think we were going to go do something. We were going to do something. I moved, <laughs> which didn't make it easy. And then, you know, he's always, he's he's a pretty busy guy as well. We just haven't done the, the collaboration stuff together. I'd love to do that. He's such a great player though, man. I'm going to have to... He's going he's gonna to run frigging rings around me. That guy is so good. Maybe um, with the blue stuff, I'll do okay. But yeah, he's such a great... He's a pro. Like, what a player, man. Great guy. Um, yeah, super nice dude. If you don't know Brett Kingman's channel, check it out. I don't know Peter, so I'll check into uh, his stuff. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to do some some stuff with him coming up. It'd be great. Yeah, Chicken Picks. Yeah, they're the brand. If you type in Chicken Picks, I think they're made in the Netherlands or something like that. They're just a... They're all sort of like a... Don't let the size of the picks concern you. It says something like two point. I play the two point six millimeters. That's the sort of thickness of the center of the pick. The edge is thinner, and for whatever reason, I never have to like if when I was playing the Jim Dunlop picks, I was always really well on this hand. I was always really like holding the pick really hard, and I used to find that they'd bend after not much time at all. But the um, the chicken picks just lasted. They've lasted for ages. When you spend like seven, eight, nine, ten dollars on a pick. You don't lose them as often. I've still got my original ones. Actually, I've got my originals that were sent out, and then I bought more, and I've still got those, <laughs> and they're still going strong. Chopper says one of the best things about living in Houston for a while was that I could see NBA games for $10 in the nosebleeds. Wow, that's super cool. That's unreal. 
I've never been to a game. That's one thing I need to change before I uh, I exist no more. Um, Alan's Guitar Channel says, and welcome. He says, uh, I like chicken picks too, plus they're white, easy to find when dropped. You know, absolutely. The amount of times I dropped my old black Jim Dunlop nylon one millimeters on the floor at the jam or at a gig, they disappear. The chicken picks, then I think you can see them. That's a really great point. Um, John says, I use fingers mostly when I use a pick. It's the purple two millimeter Jim Dunlops. Very cool. Uh, score hatch pattern on both sides. Uh, with a box. Oh, sorry. I, I think you. I think that's supposed to say scrape, is it? A scraper hatch pat pattern on both sides with a box cutter for better grip. Very cool. I never thought about doing that, actually. Chicken picks have got a bit more. They're just less slippery, but they don't have like a prominent. Um, uh, sort of like a texture on them if that makes sense i think one side might have some sort of lines or the logo on the other side or something like that but yeah they're good um music is great wouldn't be the same without it oh totally man yeah i was thinking about you know sometimes i lose track of why i was you know i play music to play music i don't play music necessarily to make videos although that's what i do I lose sometimes track of like the the fun aspect of it and getting back into the practice zone. I said this to Rihanna the other day. I forgot what it does for me. I can switch off the the phone, play some backing tracks on YouTube or wherever, and just get into it. And I'm like, when you when you're flowing, it's like, oh yeah, all right, all these like neuron connections going off in the brain, going, okay, you used to know how to do this. Can you still do it? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just sort of like. It does the same thing that going to the gym does or, or going for a walk. You know, it really sort of helps clear the your state of mind. It makes you feel better. It's super cool. Yeah, look, Brett and I will definitely do something at some point. I'd actually love to have him doing a, a chat like this. I reckon that would be cool because he's a pro. He's toured all over the place, played with lots of household names here in Australia. I don't know if he's done a lot overseas. That might be kind of fun to talk about as well, whether or not he's done any of that stuff. Um yeah, just just sort of pick his brain on some stuff. I, I'd actually like him to show me some things too. He's a, such a tasty player, and I watch him play, and I'm like, you make this look so easy. <laughs> that second nature kind of player, you know, you just like pick it up, and he, he's ready to go. He's that's that's the different level of pro. Like I consider myself a decent blues player. I don't consider myself a professional musician. I never have, even when I was gigging. I don't consider where I'm ever at musically on par with pros because pros are like, you know, you can be a pro blues player, but it doesn't necessarily translate to any other style of music. Brett can play everything. <laughs> so, yeah, total dude, total dude. I got nothing but good things to say about him. Anyway, I'll just scroll down. Sorry, I missed a lot of, um, I think I missed some stuff here. We've got Dwight Bailey. Welcome, man. Hope you're doing well. You always see you rocking out on the uh, Metalhead Hippies live streams. It's super cool. We've got some live clips coming up too, by the way. Uh, if you just joined the live stream, we recorded four sets of music. of jamming. <laughs> so no doubt there'll be some of that uh, posted up pretty soon. So stay tuned. Gary says, uh, as I age, I've had trouble ha hanging on to picks. I recently switched back to 
Black Mountain Picks problem solved. Check them out. All right. Thanks, man. I you saying I'm old? <laughs> no, nah, I'm only joking. I have not heard of them, so I'd be interested to check them out. Next. Oh, okay. The little clip-on one. It's very cool. It's something about maybe like if you've got arthritis or you just don't have a lot of like um, grip strength, I can imagine that could be a problem. Or maybe you've got a bone, you know, an issue somewhere in here, whatever the case may be. Yeah, very cool. I can see them. Yeah, they look good. All right, Michael, welcome, man. He says, hope you're doing well. He says, how much volume do you turn up for your Blues Deluxe when playing out in small venues? I never turn mine more than three. Pretty much the same. Yeah, like sometimes you're better off having the amp a little bit louder if you want to play it all clean and then sort of dial down your overdrives. I haven't done a small gig with that amp in a long time. Usually it's up around four, which is more than loud enough. And that means I can also then push the pedals into it and kind of make it louder. That's kind of the volumes we get up to. But yeah, at a, at a low volume gig, and being that I've also got that Swamp Thing speaker in it, and it's not Thing, it's Thing. I don't know why they spelled it like that. Anyway, that speaker is more efficient. It's cleaner and louder as well. So exactly, two, two and a half, three would be about as much as that amp would ever need at a low volume gig. It may even be too loud at some low volume gigs as well, which is why I think having a 20 watt amp is handy in those situations. Um, but yeah, same. You, you won't have to turn that up loud. The funny thing with the Fender amps, uh, the Hot Rod Deluxe and the DeVille's and the Blues Deluxe amps, they get really loud really quickly. Like once they're up past about four, they're getting a very small volume increase between like four and six. But all of the volume comes straight away. Some people get their amps modded, so it's more linear. So as you turn it, it's like incrementally getting louder. I don't think that's really something you need to worry about. But yeah, you can always attenuate the volume in another in a number of different ways if it's ever too loud and you can't get the right spot. You can just run an overdrive clean and, and use that as your master volume. Household names. Ever bumped into Ray Beetle? I, yeah, I know Ray. <laughs> yeah, Ray's great. I haven't seen him for a good few years now with all the lockdown, you know, all the stuff that happened the last few years. But yeah, Ray's great, man. He borrowed one of my amps, one gig that he did down here. And uh, probably the the finest guitar player I've ever seen in person. Like, seen some great players. I reckon he's one of the most unique and interesting players ever. He's a, he's a real dude. Yeah, Ray's, Ray's the real deal. If you don't know him, go go Google his stuff. He's one of the best rhythm guitar players you'll ever hear. And I, what he can do on, on, on the lead stuff is phenomenal. There's no style that confuses him. He can play chicken picking stuff, best funk blues guitar player I've ever heard. Um, he's easily as good as guys like Chris Kane, you know, on guitar or any of these high profile or higher profile players. He's a monster. Hey, June, thanks for joining in. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for stopping by. All right, let me... Uh, yeah, Ray, Ray's... Um, uh, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Uh, I think being a lefty makes you work harder as a guitarist because you don't get much choice with your tools. You have to make them work for you. Any thoughts on that? Um, I don't think that's probably as... 
much of a problem now as it was when I first started because I had no options. Now there are options available. You can buy them even if you have to get them online. I mean, Sky Music now generally stocks like 30 or 40 lefties. <laughs> so I, I do have some options. But um, I think it all comes down to having a good setup more than anything these days. Maybe 20 years ago when I first started playing, that wasn't probably accurate. I only had a Squire. That was the only one that I could get. And whether or not that was as good as the new ones, I have no idea because I didn't keep it. I kind of wish I still had that guitar. Um, but yeah, you've no matter what your options are, as long as the setup is good, then you, you don't necessarily have to work as hard. I think coming back to the conversation earlier, some guitars are inherently a little bit harder to get the same result out of as others, but it doesn't mean that they play badly. Um, so I, I think that was absolutely true years ago, but now after playing hundreds of lefties, you know, Jerry's lefty guitars from locally here in Australia or playing lots, I, I don't think it's as big of a problem anymore, but I get where you're coming from. And I think, I also think not having the selection is actually handy. It stops you from always wanting another guitar. It just it simplifies the process. Because if I went in and there was 17 Telecasters available, I wouldn't know what to get. If I've got two or three, really narrows my choice down to the one I can afford and the one I like. So um, that that's kind of my thoughts on it these days. But uh, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. All right, let's see how we're going here for uh, how long we've been streaming for. Let me have a look. One hour and 40 one minutes. We'll go to one hour and 45, and then I'll timestamp this. If you haven't already, please leave a thumbs up. We'll see if we can get it to like 85. I'll see if I can underachieve. It looks like we've got 95 people here, at least looking at this. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know how accurate this uh, whole thing is here, but um, that would be super cool. You know, if you like my videos and all that kind of stuff, if you watch them, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up on whatever I post if you enjoy it or thumbs it down or whatever, leave a comment. And uh, it, yeah, all that stuff really helps the channel. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Ah, String Grip says, I saw Ray Beetle with a with the four-day, is it four-day riders? Back in the late 90s. Wow, okay, cool. I think he... um. He used to play BB King's House of Blues for a long time, right? Or he was part of that overseas, and then he came back and he quit, and he went back to being, I think, a truckie or something like that. He was driving trucks. I think he still does that as a like a side gig. This guy's so good. Like it, it, I saw John Mayer play, and you know whether you like him or not, he's a monster guitar player. Like Ray Beetle is every bit as good, but more just like just more interesting. Like he's some of the funk slap stuff that he can do on an electric guitar is like next level crazy and his precision and note clarity and i remember watching him for the first time waiting for a mistake i was like come on man just just eventually you'll have to stuff up and maybe he did and no one noticed it but there was some really prominent guitar players in the area that went and they left they're like this guy's just I'm going to quit if I watch any more of this. So, yeah, he, he's a he's a great guitar player, man. Um, so, great stuff. I'm glad you got a chance to check him out, especially back then, too. I, I don't know any of his old stuff. John says, I love having many guitars and enjoy different guitars, but at a pinch, any guitar will do 
for any purpose. Yeah, I think that's what people forget, right? Like you can do pretty much any style of music on any guitar to some extent. Will it sound as classic, excuse me, as classic as like, can you play country on a humbucker? You can. It might not have the twang of a Telecaster, but it's, you can still get it to work. So, um, yeah, you can kind of, you know, I did a blues thing on a, on a Jackson Flying V pointy guitar just for a joke ages ago. And you can really make almost anything work for any style of music. So there you go. My first lefty electric was a 74 Strat. I bought it for 230 pounds. I always get that in euros confused. Man, when I see it, I'm like, what? which one's that? I sold an 89 for 380. Oh, there you go. Cool. <laughs> 74 Strat. That would have been, uh, was that a CBS era one? It was probably pretty heavy, I'm tipping, back then too. And if it was a lefty, I'm tipping it was a clear coat one because I, I haven't seen too many other lefties from the 70s, especially in that period that weren't a clear coat Strat, um, you know, where you could just see the grain through it, which looks kind of cool, just something different or a very slight tint towards the um, sort of darker side. But yeah, very cool. Love you playing, man. Hey, thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, June says, any tips for somebody wanting to buy their first expensive, at least $2,000 guitar? What was it like for you buying your first expensive guitar? Did you ever get buyer's remorse or not? You know, my, I had a couple of... It's weird because the first Gibson I bought was a Flying V, but it was like the budget version. And it was the only lefty I'd ever seen at the point at that point. And I was like all right, I'll get it. And I had buyer's remorse because back then the neck finish was terrible. It wasn't like a conventional guitar neck. It was almost like an unfinished piece of wood. They really like, you could feel all the imperfections in it. And it just it didn't, it stuck a lot. Like it was really sticky and it sounded awesome. And I tried to persist with it, but I didn't love it. So I flipped it. The first really expensive guitar I bought was a I had a couple of strats, but they were like made in Mexico ones. I don't really consider them like super high end, even though they're more expensive now than they should be. The first expensive one I ever bought was a Gibson 335. It was 3,800 Australian dollars. It was crazy. And um, it was the only lefty I'd seen. Again, I was like, I have to get this, right? So I can't remember what I sold, but I made it work and I paid it back over... I don't know, like a couple of months, whatever. I don't recommend people do that, by the way, but that's where I was at that particular time back in 2008. And um, I could never get it to sound good. No matter what I did, I went through, this is part of what you've seen on my channel over the years was me trying to get that guitar to sound great. And it was a dud. It was an absolute dud. The pickups were dark and muddy. They didn't have the high end. They had too much bass. The neck never played great. And I took it back to the shop I bought it from, which gave me this Gibson warranty. And they did nothing to it. The nut was cut poorly. These are all things I didn't know back then. I was just like, it should work, right? Like, this is an expensive guitar. Anyway, so I sold it. And I went into a local shop here in Melbourne. And funnily enough, another friend of mine was in there at the time. And they had the exact same guitar that I'd sold. Not, not the same actual one, but the same 2008 Gibson. It would have been 2007 Gibson ES335 in a lefty. And I compared it up against that Tokai 335, which was half the price and twice as good. That's when I realized, oh, the sound I had in my head for 335s wasn't 
the uh, the Gibson one. It didn't have the sound I was looking for. It was too modern sounding, not in a good way. And uh, the Tokai had the high end. It had a better playability. It had all the good stuff. So yeah, I, that was that was the thing that really put me off. My suggestion is, if you can, um, I would say that most. It's hard. It's hard to say. Like, it depends what you. Um, that was a bad experience, right? So that's just my honest <laughs> feedback on that. But when I first got my like good straddle, good Telecaster, no buyer's remorse. You know, you got to pick pick the guitar you've always wanted to buy. Don't just buy one that you think, oh, I can get into this. And I wasn't in that position to do that because the three three five was something I was playing a lot from Epiphone. That's what I had actually. I had one of those. I ended up selling that, which was stupid because that was a better guitar as well in the end, tonally. Um, so I've had some pretty mixed sort of guitar buying situations. Like some have been awesome and you, I've still got them to this day. And other times I'm like, oh, what have I done? So play it. If you can play it, sit down and play it in the shop, bring your own amp in. That's what I would recommend. Make sure that it plays well. Do all the sort of tests that you'd want to do on a guitar. Try bending. If you can bend strings, play chords further and up and down the neck, make sure it just plays. Okay. If it plays good, then you most likely will be in luck. But um, guitar tone should sound good straight away, at least through an amp that, you, that you're always familiar with. That's why when I go to buy any guitar, I'm taking my amp and my pedal board because I'm like, okay, I know how this should sound. <laughs> how much better is this? How, what does this guitar add? Um, yeah, I mean, the good news is there's always someone looking for something. Like if you don't love it, you can sell it. Um so yeah, left-handed. It doesn't say. Um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to sort of say what would I recommend instrument-wise because that comes down to what you like. It's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> you got to find one that you're into. But yeah, just do some playing on it. Make sure that the overwhelming majority of people are interested, or they get sorry, not interested, but give you good or interesting. Review videos. So if you're looking for a strat, find 10 videos on that particular strat and see what the consensus is. And that's how I shop for camera equipment. Same type of discussion. I'll just collate all this information, but it always comes down to, is this any good? Do I like it? So that would be kind of my suggestions there. All right, guys, we might wrap this up. Uh, thank you everybody for hanging out. It's been a lot of fun. I'm going to try and do more of these coming up once a week, same day, same time for a little while. Then we'll mix it up and we'll go into a different area of the day because I know a few guys, <laughs> it's late in certain parts of the world and early in others. So, uh, yeah. Ah, is it Navanti says, yeah, CBS clear coat, heavy as get out. Yeah, three screw bridge thing. Yeah, I know those guitars very well. They're very heavy. Not, not uh, yeah. They look cool, but the the weight it's a bit of a deal breaker for me. So you probably um probably don't really miss that. It would be my be my guess. Um, I got a dud of an Epiphone back in two thousand six. Yeah, it happens, right? And I think sometimes with arch top guitars or anything that's not like just a CNC machined guitar, there's going to be a lot more problems, or there could be more problems inherently than just a solid body guitar. I've found that to be the case as well. So if you're really getting invested into something, buy the guitar you want as soon as you can rather than going in those stepping stone things. So 
instead of buying like three other guitars and then eventually getting the one that you want, you're not you're better off getting the guitar you want to have long term. Sometimes not if you just want to experiment with a different sound or if you don't want to spend that sort of money or if you don't just want to have one guitar, then of course you get lots of less expensive guitars that are awesome. But yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. And I'll put the audio up on the intheblues.podcast.com thing and that goes into iTunes. I don't know if you can listen to it on anywhere else yet. I need to sort that out, but at least it's on there. Um, and yeah, I'll leave this ad free for a couple of days and so people can watch it back on here too because it's all good. Thanks, guys. If I missed your question, just leave a comment on the actual um, uh, in the actual comment section, the normal one, and I'll reply as I'm timestamping it. <laughs> Thanks, Omen. I appreciate that, mate. I'll, that got blocked. I can't believe that. Anyway, rock on and uh, take care. Thanks, everybody, for all the support. And I've got more videos coming up. There's only a few more left from overseas, and then you'll see a lot more stuff I'm working on now pop up. So if you're more into the regular videos, um, then they're not far away. As well as some discussion sort of stuff too, which I've, I'm kind of working on a little bit at the moment too, just to, just to mix it up. All right, guys, take care. Thank you again, and I will catch you on the next one. See you.